Welcome to The No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. I'm so excited to have Lindsay Kazuba on the show today. Lindsay is an integrative nutrition health coach who specializes in helping women make small changes to their daily routines in order to create big and long lasting impacts on their overall health. So as you may or may not know, Lindsay, I am a former closet fast food junkie. And I say former because, well, it's not because I am no longer a fast food junkie. It's really that I am no longer secretive about it. I am very outward in my affection for fast food, but I'm also into health and fitness. So how can the two coexist? Can they even coexist? Today, we're, I feel like we're expected to be all or nothing. And I'm that's not me. Like, I'm a hybrid type of person. And what I love about my conversations with you, Lindsay, is that you focus on making tiny adjustments at a time rather than encouraging an entire shift in programming. And that feels a lot less overwhelming to me and way more manageable. So thank you, Lindsay, for being on the show today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. So what started you down this path? Yeah. So I have really kind of always had a passion for health and wellness ever since I can remember when I was in high school. I think it started when I was in high school. I was really into fitness and running. I did track and field and just always, always had an interest in it. Never really did anything outside of just my own journey. And I, when I discovered in the last couple of years, I discovered there's this program at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and that's where I got my certification to be a health coach. And when I really, when I discovered it, I was like, oh my gosh, there's something that's taking my passion and I could make this into a career. And so when I started out on the journey of getting my certification, I just really started it for my own improvement, improve my own knowledge, improve my own journey and my lifestyle, my family's lifestyle. And shortly after I enrolled in the program, just realized that I can take my passion, turn it into a career with my certification behind me and really change women's lives. And so once I came to that realization, I was like, okay, let's, let's do this. And so here we are today. And it's just, it's, it's such an incredible journey. And what I really loved about uh, the Institute was it teaches so many things that are common sense, but that you just really do not think of. And one of them is bio-individuality. We're all different. One one diet does not fit all. Was that scary for you? Like saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to try to make money doing it? Yes, of course. It's always scary doing something that you've not done before. The unknown is scary, but at the same time, it's really exciting and invigorating. And I have always liked a challenge. <laughs> I love that. I get like super tied down by fear sometimes. And like, I don't pursue something because I'm scared that it won't work. Um, and I love to hear from people that are like that see challenges as really, really exciting. And of course, like, like you said, like having some, a healthy level of fear involved in it is normal. Um, but I find people like you who are excited for the challenge. I find you guys to be really, really <laughs> exciting. Why integrative and not just health coach or nutritionist. How do you identify specifically as an integrative nutrition health coach? Like what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, first of all, a health coach, a lot of people are, are unsure of what a health coach is. So if you, a nutritionist, a nutritionist focuses primarily on food and a life coach focuses primarily on your overall lifestyle, but not so much food. So a health coach marries the two. A health coach, and, and especially an integrative health coach, really has has a nutrition focus, but 
really guide you in the rest of your lifestyle. And so a lot of my clients I've seen come to me for nutrition. They come to me because they want to lose weight. They come to me because they want to have more confidence in their food choices. They're not sure what diet works for them, if they even need to be, you know, working out, doing a spin class. And so they're really unsure of what works for them and what feels good to them. And so that's that's usually why they come to me. It ends up being so much more than that. And it's funny because, you know, my first couple of clients, I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's work on food. Let's work on what you're eating and let's work on how you're moving. And something that was surprising to me and them is it turns out to be really kind of an inside job. And it ends up being, they realize the accomplishments that they've done to get them where they are today. They realize their confidence. They realize all of the little things that they are doing to push them more towards their goals. And it it's just such a confidence boost from the inside. And it's really, it's been really incredible kind of witnessing that. So how much of your work involves the psychological and emotional um, elements then? A lot. A lot. A lot of a it, lot right? of it Sounds is really, like it. yeah, a lot of it is getting people to answer their own, their own questions and mm. by asking the tough questions and oh, really yeah. getting them to like honestly answer with themselves. And like, that's where the work starts changing is when you can really think about it and dig deep and answer, answer the question honestly. And just it's, it's, I think the number one thing that has been surprising to for me seeing and my clients is that they start realizing that once they start making these changes that we're working on, they're like, wow, I actually, I, I have accomplished a lot in the amount of this amount of time that we've been working together. And when I start asking them about it, they're like naming all of these things. I had a client recently and she just, she named like 15 things. I, I asked a simple question of what's been going on since we last talked. She named 15 things that she'd done. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. Like you just made all of these changes. And she was like, honestly, I didn't even realize until I just spoke them out loud to you. And so it's really that, like that is what, it just like gives me chills thinking about it. Just, it's so incredible witnessing women making the changes and we break them down in such a way that they're so small that they don't even realize that they're making them. And like, that's where, that's kind of my philosophy is, is, make, make your, make those changes so small that you don't even realize that you are making change and then celebrate yourself. Have you read the book Atomic Habits by James, James No, Clear? but you're like the fourth person that has recommended this book to me. It's about like making these small little changes. And I just can't help but think of, of the book when we're talking and I'm listening to you. Um, because I'm like, I need, I'm first of all, I'm already sold. Like I am ready to like hire you personally to help me make these small changes because like as much as I'm a hybrid in most things, like I'm also an all or nothing person. Like I will go on a 30 day cleanse where I'm like not having coffee or dairy or carbs or sugars or whatever. And I do this for 30 days. But then after the 30 days, I'm like, let me eat all the donuts and all the, you know, cheeseburgers and all of the things, you know, and that doesn't make me feel so great. I wind up, I, I wind up feeling really good after like I do a month of cleanse, but after like when I take the three months off and I just slowly start to let these like bad habits creep back into my life, like regularly, I'm not talking yes. about like a cheat meal. I'm talking yes. about like on the daily, I, I like wind up by that third month, just feeling awful, gross, like just from the inside gross. I mean, it doesn't matter that like, it's also that my jeans are snug, 
sure. But like, I really just don't feel good from the inside. And I'm realizing that a lot of it has to do with like my, my emotional relationship that I have with food. So I wanted to also ask you, what are some common themes that you find when it comes to your clients, emotional relationships with food? Like how big of a role does that play? It plays a big, it, it plays a really big role. We live in a really toxic diet culture and, yeah. and I'm very, I feel like you and I are very similar in that way. Like previous to this career, I was a very all or nothing. I would go on a similar thing. I would, you know, go on a 30 day cleanse, a three month cleanse. I would do this one workout for six months. And, and so just finding that balance, but it really is just such a, we have this idea of the new year's resolutions and we go into January saying, okay, you know, weight loss, for example, I want to lose 20 pounds this year. And then after 30 days, you fall off the wagon and you're like, well, I just failed. I just had this like whole weekend where I just binged on everything I haven't had in 30 days. And then we give up because we just failed. And so then it's just this constant cycle. Whereas my method is don't, yes, of course you should have a big goal, but break that big goal into small changes, small, tiny steps. Why don't you say this week, I am going to do this sort of movement that feels good to me. I am going to eat in a way that makes me feel really good. And when you come at it from a small perspective, that allows you to succeed. I'm totally going through that. Like as I started my business, right? This podcast, I had to go from training with a trainer three times a week, right? And I was doing cardio twice on the other days. Um, and I had to switch. I'm like, okay, I don't, I just don't have time. I'm trying to build this business. This is also important to me, right? This feeds my soul. This mm -hmm. makes me feel that, right. And so when you think about your integrative, right, this is, this also feeds my soul. This makes me feel good. I want to do this. Yes. So, you know, on one end I was thinking to myself, okay, well I'm sacrificing my workouts. And in a sense, like I'm not sacrificing, I'm shifting my workout so that I can do something else that, that makes me feel really empowered and really happy. Um, so it's really not a loss. It's just a shift in perspective, like you're mentioning. Exactly, exactly. And there's this other concept that I really love that I learned at the Institute and it's called primary foods and it's primary and mm. secondary foods and primary foods. Okay. So secondary foods are the foods that are on our plate that we physically eat. That Wait, wait, wait. Secondary foods secondary are the food foods is the food is the food that we that's on our plate that we eat. Primary foods are all of the other things in our life that we consume that greatly oh. affect our overall health. Those can be I love that. it's it's incredible. It's it's actually a very life changing concept. I think those can be a career that you love, like happy, healthy relationships, having a, a physical activity movement practice, having a spiritual practice or mindfulness practice. Those are all things that we consume daily that we generally don't really think about, but have a huge impact on our health. And so a lot of times when one of our primary foods is lacking, we fill it with a secondary food. Oh my gosh, totally. And I mean, if you think about it, there's religions that do this. There's religions that fast from food so they can fill up their primary foods. And it's really, I think it's a really incredible concept. And I talk a lot about that with my clients of, of pinpointing exactly where people feel like they're lacking, where people, there's this activity I do with, with people and it's called the circle of life. And you basically just put a little dot 
um, on there's 12 different categories and you put a little dot and you connect the dots and it's a visual to show you where in your life you feel like you're abundant and where in your life you feel that could use a little work. And oh then my gosh, I love it's it. really amazing. So what are I'll the 12 dots? You. I'll send it to you. It's like home environment, having a physical activity practice, having happy relationships, having like cooking, how you feel about cooking, your meals. Ugh. And it's just a bunch of different, yeah, no, right. It's just a bunch I'm of like, different oh, things that, <laughs> that, that you can put. It's basically a one to 10, like how satisfied are you? And then you work on the areas that you're not satisfied. So you mentioned diet culture. Do you think that these, um, this relationship that we have with food comes from a societal standard or the media or even like our family of origin practices and ancestral traditions? I do. Yes, definitely. And I even see this in my, I have two young girls. I see this in myself when I'm like talking to my daughter about food of just, okay, you need to eat the whole, like you need to eat all your plate. And I'm like, okay, now I teach eat until your belly's full, like learn to trust your body's instinct and follow that. Like it is there from the beginning, but we are taught that it doesn't matter. And so I think that just making little shifts like that, especially in parenting of, I control what goes on your plate, you control how much you eat. And you can eat, if you want to eat all the pasta and none of the broccoli, great, that's fine. Maybe tomorrow you'll have all the broccoli and not the pasta, but <laughs> we'll get there. And I just think that it's just, and I think it's not necessarily always a conscious thing. It is just always around us. And so it's just ingrained in us. And I think a lot of, and I know a lot of people around me, friends included, are very much of the mindset of, and this is how I used to be, of I need to do strength training, I need to do cardio, I need to eat salads for lunch, and I need to eat this and this and this, and then I'll be healthy, and then I'll feel good. But it's really not about any of that. Like maybe French fries make you feel good. I love French fries. I also really like French fries, and I eat them. And I think the biggest shift is not feeling guilty about it. You know, when you make decisions based off of how your body feels, generally those decisions are going to be, you're going to want to have the chicken and the vegetables, or you're going to want to have the salads for lunch. And then when you want the French fries, you can have the French fries and you're not going to feel bad about it. So I was just like, just as I'm listening to you, like I had written down in my notes um, that brownies make me feel good, right? I'm like, what happens when a brownie makes me feel good in the moment? And hearing you say like, okay, it's right. So basically we want to make the shift of like asking ourselves before we consume something, shift that from a to, to asking after we consume the thing. Break it down. Why are you having the craving? Are you bored? Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? You just want something sweet? And and really kind of like stop yourself in your tracks and ask those questions. And some maybe it's nostalgia. Maybe you're starving and that's the only thing to eat. Maybe you're just thirsty and you haven't had any water all day. You know, and those those things come out. But then when you notice how you feel after the brownie, notice do you have a headache? Are you tired? Are you you know, more hungry? Are you thirsty? Geez, your stomach hurt. Maybe none of those things happen. But when you start to notice that, if the brownie makes your body feel fine, 
have the brownie. Well, it's wild because I'm like, I'm thinking about like before, right? Before I even go down the road and like the lack of awareness that I can have sometimes is that I don't even know how to pinpoint what is making me not feel well, right? Like, so I'll get, like I mentioned before, but after like I go for th- on a three month, like just eat free for all eating whatever I want. I like at that point, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I just feel like crap. I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Like, what is it? Is it the five cups of coffee I'm drinking? Is it... Is it all of the junk that I've been eating? Like I, you know, I can't pinpoint what it is. The lack of sleep, obviously like sleep plays a, a big role in all in the equation as well of well-being. Um, and asking those little questions throughout the day and feeling like I don't have to change everything all at once is, is comforting. You know what I mean? And just starting to really, really go inwards and be introspective about how the individual item makes me feel. And I love the concept of the secondary foods and the primary foods. Like I've never heard that before. Yeah. Is so, it, isn't it incredible? It's so awesome. It is so awesome. So walk me through what a session with you looks like. Like, so if I'm like, Lindsay, I want to book a session. What does that look like? Yeah. So I do a free consultation for anyone that it's 30 minute free consultation. And we talk about where you are and where you want to be. And if I feel like I can support you in that journey of getting you where you want to be, um, then I do a six month program and we meet every other week. Everything's remote, Zoom, phone call. Uh, We meet every other week for 50 minute sessions and we talk about what's important to you then. If it's you need more confidence in your food choices, if you just had a really bad weekend and you just like want to vent or talk, you know, a lot of it is accountability too. We walk and, and some of it is just me helping people point out their big goals and helping them realize what the small changes are. What are the tiny steps that you need to take to get there and arming you with tools to do so and just breaking down breaking down everything that you've been taught about diet culture and questioning it. Will it work? Does it work for you? Does it not? You know, breaking down the cravings, breaking down why you're thinking about that. And there's just so many things that are programmed into us that are, are really like limiting beliefs, but are just part of who we are because that's all we've ever known. And so some of it is like pulling that out and realizing what they are in the first place. And if it doesn't serve you well, getting rid of it. So can you give me some examples of some of those small shifts that we can make in our daily routines? Yes. So let's see. Give, why don't you give me, give me a goal? Give me one of your goals. Oh, okay. I mean, the, my main goal is like to feel better and have more energy. Okay. Which I think like coffee is the answer to all of my energy, right? I'm like more coffee so I, th- I with mean, Snickers, I- with Snickers creamer, by the way, like anybody who like follows me on social media, I'm like obsessed with this, like Snickers creamer. It cannot possibly be good for you. But so I'm like, notice. yes, two fingers worth of Snickers creamer and the rest coffee all day long. Let's go. That's so energy. Funny. So realize, so when you have your coffee, if you probably already had mm-hmm. one this morning, just take note on how it makes you feel right after. Take note on how it makes you feel in an hour. Maybe maybe because you're having five cups of coffee, maybe that first cup, you are actually even more tired than you were before the coffee, mm. after the coffee. Maybe the Snickers creamer is what's making you want more coffee. <laughs> so just, you know, stop, I know, and, so stop delicious. and notice. I know, it sounds good. Just stop and notice how you feel and take note on everything you're feeling. Is your head hurting? Are you thirsty? Are you more tired? Are you bloated? Do you, are you hungry? 
Are you, you know, there's lots of physical sensations that we can feel that are directly tied to what you've just consumed. I'm on this three, I mean, this 30 day cleanse now as we speak. And, um, I, over the weekend, I had a cheat weekend because my husband and I were traveling. So we, I decided while I'm traveling, I'm just going to eat what I want. Right. And by last night I was just like, ew, I was just so grossed out. And a part of it was like, a, I feel physically like, like unwell and unhealthy, but B, I felt an incredible amount of shame for having done this to myself, like mm-hmm. to put myself in this situation. And I don't, I actually like, I've been doing a lot of work on like releasing shame and not judging myself for the decisions that I make. But like objectively, I'm like, that wasn't a, the, a great decision for me. Like I could have done it once. I didn't have to go overboard. Yeah. You know? And it's, it's just, it, it sucks. Feeling shame sucks. And feeling guilty about your decisions is not fun. No one enjoys it. Everyone feels it. Everyone feels it, especially women. And it's just, but would you believe me if I told you it is possible to not feel shame and guilt around what you eat? Really? I don't anymore. It's really I'm like imagining really a life incredible. in which that doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and it's just my whole life, I've been interested in health and wellness, right? But it was very much from a place of like, I want to look lean. I want to feel good, but like I want to be fit. And as soon as I made the shift of I'm going to do more of what makes me feel good and less of what doesn't, it changed everything. How I think about foods, how I think about lifestyle, how I think about really anything. Like I, it's funny you say cheat days. I just did a little reel. I think I'm going to post today or tomorrow about cheat days and like how I feel about them. And I was like, when you eat intuitively, you don't need them. And when you feel good about your choices and you feel confident that what you're about to eat is going to make you feel good, you don't eat cheat days. You can have the French fries, you can have the donut and not be considered a cheat day. So here I came, I came to this asking this question of like, give me the small examples of things you can change. And I thought you were going to be like, cut out sugar, cut out dairy, it's like eat, cut out not this, that cut out that. And I got like a totally different answer, like a much, but not just like a different answer, but a way more fulfilling answer, yes, right? That you're not just, giving me all these rules of like what I need to stop I doing and how like what I'm doing is bad. Yeah. yeah and of, of course, like, there's all those things like sugar is bad and this is this, but like, that's, that's not my method. My method is take your big goals, break them down into small changes. That's successful. That is where you are fulfilled. That is where you feel good. That's where you don't feel shame. That's where you don't need cheat days. Mm -hmm. That's where change is sustainable and change is Change is sustainable. Your health and your lifestyle can work together. And that's the biggest thing I do with my clients is we develop a plan to find out how. How can your health and your lifestyle work together and still live your life? You don't have to give up your lifestyle to be healthy. It's just, that's not fun. That's a sauce. But on the sugar note, like what what effect does it have on us? I mean, sugar is addictive right? Just like your brownie. Sometimes you're going to have the brownie because you want that instant happiness. It's designed to do that. We are, our bodies are designed to want to feel good. And so if you want the brownie, you're going to have the brownie. And I think the biggest thing is just letting go of the shame. And when you start doing that, you can start by asking yourself how the brownie makes you feel. 
And after having five brownies and being like, actually, my stomach really hurts after, or I'm really tired after, maybe the sixth time you're like, "Eh, I'm good. Like, I don't really want it anymore. I'd rather have my energy to go run around with the kids or, you know, not have to have my sixth coffee of the day or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is. On that note, like, and so on the finding the fun, right? And then before you mentioned cooking and I was like, no, cooking. <laughs> so, but like real talk, I like, what do I do? Because like, I get so overwhelmed by cooking, right? But I want to be able, there's, it's twofold. I want to be able to prepare a good meal for myself, but I also want to like instill good habits for my family, right? Family habits and teaching my kids things and like having them see me preparing food, like not just, um, like for so many reasons, right? That like, we're not just going to like go out and order food all the time. And like that we can have control over what's in our food that we don't have to like leave it up to someone else. And like, that's, oh, well, like make an excuse, right? Like, oh, I don't know what's in my food because somebody else made it. No, like we have control over our homes and our lives. Right. And I know that my kids are really little still, but I think that these are the habits that we instill from an early age that they see as patterns as they develop into like big grown up humans. Yes. I mean, I think find, what don't you like about cooking? I feel like I'm messing it up and that it's not going to taste good. Shame. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's finding it's, it's really, it's, it's asking yourself those hard questions. Like, why do you feel like that around food? I feel like nobody in my house is going to like my food. So maybe it's taste. Put some salt and pepper in there, girl. Some Tony's Creole seasoning. It's good. <laughs> I know. I need to take I a class or something. Creole on everything. And it makes it good. It makes it better. Yeah, um, come over to your house yeah, for dinner. Right? Yeah. Just find ways, re- realize why you don't like it. And then maybe what's something, what's one thing that you could do to make it more fun? Oh my gosh. What could I do to make it more fun? Put on some music. So like, and big part of me, part of my journey, obviously, like, and I've talked about it so much, but is my sobriety. Right. And like, I remember during the shutdown, um, when my drinking was at its worst, um, during the pandemic, like March, April, May of, well, March and April of 2020, I, we were grilling and I was cooking and I was doing all this stuff. And I was also drinking a tremendous amount of wine while I was doing that. And on one, on one end, that was like super fun for me. And like part of my sobriety journey and my sobriety practice, my daily practice is that like, I had to roll the tape forward and realize that that didn't make me feel good down, down the line. Right. Like at the end of the night, that didn't make me feel good. So obviously like for me, when you ask me that question, like what makes you feel good to cook, like what makes it more fun for you? I'm like, wine, 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 wine. Like, but I know that as a sober woman, I have to work on that every single day. So like now you asking me that whatever a year plus later after, you know, my, my journey through abstinence from alcohol, how else can I make that fun? I haven't even like stepped into the possibility of it. I haven't, I've been avoiding it. It's unknown. It's unknown territory. Right. It's totally unknown territory. Which going back to the very beginning of our conversation, the unknown for you is scary. There's this, have you ever heard of the trapeze? No. So when you're hanging on a trapeze or or like visualize yourself hanging on a trapeze and you're swinging, you're just, you're just hanging out swinging on this bar. You're in your comfort zone. You're safe. You're comfortable. You're swinging. You're having a great time. The bar that's the next bar is far away. You have to swing to get there and you have to let go. 
And the letting go is what gets people stuck. When you're swinging in your bar of comfort, it's easy. It's easy to coast. It's easy to stay doing what you've just been doing. But when you swing from one bar to the next, you have to let go. You have to feel fear. You have to feel the uncomfort. You have to feel the unknown. You don't know what's, maybe you don't catch the next bar. Maybe you don't know what's going to happen. But when you- I don't like it. I'm sweating right now. Catch I'm like, the next bar, you've just experienced something you didn't even know existed. You've jumped through fear. You've jumped through the unknown. You've jumped through discomfort. And now you're on the other side of something that you've never even been to before which is terrifying. It can be very scary, but it's also extremely exciting. It's extremely invigorating. You've just done something you've never done before. And that's, I say that a lot of, if you want to have a different outcome, you have to do something you've never done before. And you have to change something you've never done. And that's scary. I love that. Yeah. Lindsay, thank you so much. So like, where can our friends find you? So I'm on Instagram um, at Lindsay Kazuba Health, and then my website's lindsaykazubahealth.com. Awesome. Well, it's been an amazing experience talking with you. I'm gonna call you later, and get some more feedback. We're gonna have we're gonna have a long conversation, I think. Let's do it. I can't wait to chat again. I'm so grateful to have you on the show. Thanks for sharing your wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait to share it with all of our listeners. Thank you so much, Nikki. We'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Mm -hmm.